Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents Something Quick. I was just noticing that I've got a few minutes before I go back from my uh, lunch break that I'm taking in the middle of the afternoon. We've had so much happen in our country in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I've always preached and talked about the open door policy. People have been hitting me up and saying, Michael, what are you doing? Craver, savior. You haven't recorded anything in a long time. You haven't you written anything? Well, I got a piece, and uh, I've been working on that uh, a little bit. It's uh, probably six or seven pages at this point. It's called Frost, and it's uh, it's it's a tale about me, more or less. But it's it's written in this symbolic sense of uh, nature and left out in the cold and getting even colder and risking life and limb with choices and how memories play into those things and what can warm your heart and what can give you a false sense <laughs> of coming out of it. Uh, like with hypothermia, right? Because you can get, you, oh, you feel like you're heating up. You take your clothes off, then you're dead. It's, uh, I don't know. I hope it's going to be intricate enough to, to keep somebody interested. Um, I like what I've written and I've gone back through it because I've written it over the, like, the last month. Um, just refining a few things and looking at it and saying, look, you know, oh, that's that's very interesting. Like, what was I thinking? Because that could mean four different things, and that means I'm on my game. Because that's my my deal, right? I give you a sentence that you can take three or four different ways, and it's open. As this podcast has always been open to interpretation, and uh, I <laughs> I've said many times, you can say what you want, uh, but you never know what it'll cost you. And uh, in this case, I hope that I'm I'm saying some very poignant. Uh, heartfelt things and uh, the only one paying the cost is the guy in the story who's already uh, in in heavy debt and uh, he's in over his head more or less but um, I just I think where we are in the world where we're transitioning leaders and who knows what's going to happen with policies and understanding but uh, people that uh, do not understand a lot. Uh, well, here, we'll put it in another way. We've changed our expectations for education. And many of the folks who are out running around and putting their name in circles, are, they're circling things with their name on them. Their ballots is what I'm talking about. You, look, the the best service you could do for your country, as Thomas Sowell said, is if you're not informed, don't vote. Don't go out there in ignorance and just guess. It's no, don't do it. Uh, it's not a lottery. This is not a casino. Like this is a. This is why the electoral college exists. This is why they restricted voting in the beginning because you want informed people, not people who are trying to uh, uh, hold up uh, progress or who are trying to steamroll or or coerce what's going on in terms of policy and uh, government. No, if your argument is that few fewer people are voting, all our voices aren't heard. What's your take on the House of Representatives or the Senate, right? It's two people from every state. Not the, you know, 25 million people in California. They got two senators the same way as Rhode Island's got two senators. And they get equal say in the Senate. Right? Right. So there's different ways in our society that we have uh, representatives. And that's, that's true everywhere. You have an advocate. Maybe you're a member of a gigantic union. You're a labor person, right? You're a nurse. 
member of a nurse's union, you're a teacher, member of a teacher's union, and you have a union representative, the same as the Fraternal Order Police or somebody else might have a union representative. You may be on a team. Maybe you played a sport, and the captain represents the team at the coin toss, etc., etc. So, you know, nobody's, like outside or foreign to the idea of being represented by a person a pastor represents you know his spiritual message from wherever that may come and he's a messenger and a messenger is what he's a representative the same way as you have a spouse who's a spouse can sign your name and get credit that's right they're a representative i mean this is a very universal idea there's a head of the household a guy who speaks for the family you know you may be picking up your mom's prescription at the drugstore. You're her representative that day. You show up with her name and date of birth and her card, and you're swiping it, and you act like a total jackass to the people at CVS. Well, they're going to think that, you know, people with that coat of arms, with that name, are poorly represented. And if you're looking for the presidential election and anything else to be wholly representative with all the tiny pieces and everybody getting an equal say, sure. But the... You know, the hierarchy of representation to simplify things is the way that we do that. Not me. You you never work for a company who has a board of directors or a CEO. <laughs> and, you know, guess what? They're your representatives. Or if you show up at a stockholders meeting, what are you? <laughs> You're one of the stockholders. You know, but often those people vote uh, in a certain way uh, be or they vote to be done by proxy, which which is a representative, which is the same as anybody who's one of these guardians or they've got a power of attorney. They're your representative. You know, it's just, it's just silliness to think that uh, everybody is going to be uh, present in every place at every time for every decision. It just doesn't work like that. The world needs trust. And I'm going through that a lot with uh, my personal life. And people have asked why I'm not recording or why I'm not writing. I've, of course, I've been writing. I have this wonderful piece I've been writing. But I haven't been recording because essentially I didn't have anything to work out in my mind. Yes, I've I've had a great many discussions about politics and, you know, who has these tendencies and, you know, whether you want to measure economics for Trump or economics for Obama or Biden's been around for, he's been around for 50 years. Yes, he has been around for 50 years like Trump, Strom Thurmond and all these other, you know, old goats. And so when you got... <laughs> Biden up there and he's you know he's been doing the same thing forever and in his lifetime they've tried to they tried to pass health care a great many times dating back to I guess the 30s um, and finally got it done under Obama and now the argument is that you know Trump's gonna take it all away well he's, he's taking away taxes is what he's taking away you put in your your taxable income into healthcare.gov and then it gives you a tax break it gives you a, or stipend or a an amount is what it is, and you can devote that amount to any insurance plan you choose or not, right? And he took away the penalty, which he says is awful. Well, yeah, but the <laughs> if you qualified, let's say me, I qualify for X number of $100 a month, which would buy me a plan. All right. If I choose not to use that and just not give the, the money away because I'm not going to go get a physical or anything else, I would then not spend that money, the $1,200 a year, with an insurance company. But I would be charged $700 out of my pocket to save the taxpayers $2,400. Does that seem fair? <laughs> Not fair. 
Um, and the other thing is, if you looked at healthcare, or you've ever had a policy, you ought to know uh, that in the in the end, the house wins. You've been to a casino, the house wins. That's how they stay in business. So you pay two hundred dollars a month for your insurance policy, and you go, oh man. Uh, yeah, but I only got a $10 copay. <laughs> You're paying $200 a month for that $150 visit. Well, no, because sometimes it's like four or $500. Yeah, but in the course of a year, you've spent $2,400 or more. So if your medical costs only add up to less than $2,400, you might as well pay out of pocket to begin with. I mean, who's going, you know, what's your argument that, that it's, it can't be done? You don't have the discipline. You don't want to sit the money in your bank account or a trust or anything else and just accrue interest and, and manage your own money. Now nah, I'll send it to the health insurance company. Well, guess what? Now you've spent $2,400 up front with nothing happening. You then will pay copay, prescription, specialized care, et cetera, right? Well, I mean, but if you got to have something done, they still send you a giant bill for whatever you have done at some other rate. But let's be very clear, if you had the $2,400, you'd probably have a good head start or still come out ahead of that rate. Here's the math. $2,400 you're paying for the year. $200 a month times 12 $2,400. Go to the emergency room, and it's a $2,000 visit. What do they charge you? $2,000. I mean, no. They could tell you that it could be a $700 copay, but that's only if you've met your deductible. Most people haven't. And in order to meet the deductible, you have to pay like $7,000 out of pocket, which means $2,400 plus $7, which means it's a $9,400 total to get to the point that your emergency room visit would be a $700 deductible. So then you've spent $9,400 plus $700. You, now you're at $10,100. Uh, I'm not following along, and that's why they win, because you can't do basic math. It's a lack of education. It's the same people who should not be voting without good information, accurate information. I mean, you can vote. Yes, you can talk in ignorance. You can vote in ignorance. As I've said many times, whatever you want to say is yours. You can own it. You never know what it will cost you. There, and I'm a guy who lives by that, and I came up with it because it's affected me so greatly in my life. I've said a great many things, even on the record on this podcast, on a whim. Many things I'll never remember, but other people will remember that I said to them, I remember what you said to me. What I say to you? Oh, you said such and such, and, you know, like I told them their grandma looked like Captain Hook or something. And I don't know. It sounds like something I could have said. Who knows? I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um, me and and uh, my my soulmate were in the same space last week, and she needed to to do some some work um, for a training class, and she asked me to help. So I said okay, and uh, she's she's sharpening this pencil. And I'm watching her sharpen the pencil, and I'm like, fuck, man, I've been on job sites. I've seen people sharpen, you know, clay pencils and lead pencils and carpenter's pencils, everything there is. I've seen people sharpen it, sharpen knives, wood, you name it, right? Steaks, kill vampires, whatever you do. And uh, I'm not, have I ever seen somebody sharpen a steak to actually fight a vampire? But she's sharpening it, and I said, you ever thought about it? And she's like, my, I know what I'm doing. And I was like, you think I spent all this money on education? Just two, and I said, yeah, well, a lot of people spend money on college and they don't do nothing with it. Now, the, she's, she, got, she got really upset with me over it. 
Now, here's the catch. I say a great many things, and I don't necessarily subconsciously know where they're going at the time. So we had a disagreement, and uh, I left uh, after a lot of chicanery, after a lot of shenanigans. And because I thought, you, you know, why are, you shouldn't get upset over that. It's one comment. But, like, with me, like, you know, it, it's, it comes with the territory, right? And I essentially said to her, um, you know, I'm sorry. And we got to talking about it later. But I had been mowing the yard in the meantime. And what I came to is the conclusion that I said it because it was me making a fool of myself. I was being a bitch. I was playing the fool. I she never spent money to go to college, right? She went to beauty school and she's had an extensive traveling, continued education. She makes good money. She's a great artist. Uh, I admire the work she does, and yet I have been to several different schools. I graduated the top of my law enforcement class and uh, you know the state university uh, four year school and got my you know, associate's degree. And several different versions of that. What do I got to show for it? I mean, it, it gives me an increase in pay at my good job that I've got now. But I'm not practicing most of that stuff. I'm not doing anything with history and local, state, and government and accounting and economics and so forth. Just not. My writing? Yes, in my spare time. That's about it. I am the person who wasted money on college, not her. And I think sometimes I just haven't taken the time to look in the mirror and figure out who I am. She said, one time, she said, I don't want you to change for me. I said, well, that'd be possible if I ever knew who the fuck I was. So if you've wondered why I haven't been recording podcasts and so forth, I guess it's because I've been out there trying to figure out who I am. <laughs> Keeping this one short and unlucky at 13 minutes. I hope you guys are having a beautiful weekend. Week wherever you're listening to this. Take care.